Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. It's Father's Day. It's an important day. It's a day that's all about all about the guys in here. And um, I just said it a minute ago, what I believe the world needs and what America needs is we need the voice of the Father, strong in our houses, in our cities, come on, in our state, in our nation, and in our world. Because it's the Father's voice that changes everything. Malachi prophesied that there would be a time coming at the end of time, but before Messiah came back, that God would restore the hearts of the sons to the hearts of the fathers. Whenever a a generation is restored to a father's voice, he said that a healing would come to the land and revival would come to the land. How many of y'all think we could use some revival in America right now? Come on, at every campus, let's give God a hand clap by faith that revival is coming into our nation. Amen? And I'll tell you, men, you're a key in the midst of revival. I believe that with all of my heart. I love everybody, but, uh, you know, everybody's powerful. Everybody's got their role. There's something about the role of the father and the role of the man. It's been diminished in our culture. It's been pushed against. They've come up with terminology like toxic masculinity, where if you're a man or you're masculine, something's wrong with you. I want you to know that there's nothing wrong with being a man. There's nothing wrong with being masculine. You are made in the image of God. That's how God designed you. That's what we're supposed to be. Don't let the world take that out of us. Can I get an amen out there? It's our our divine design. So there's been an attack on masculinity. There's been an attack on on men around the world in, in America, in male culture even. Why is that attack there? That attack's there because if you can weaken the voice of the father and you can weaken the male, you can subdue a generation. The devil can subdue a generation. There are no strong men around. And today we're going to look, I think we're going to look and look at the strongest father there's ever been. We're going to look at the good, good father, our father in heaven. If you have your Bible on you, I want you to open it up to Matthew chapter 3. We're going to look at the real thing. We're going to look at, at the father. We'll go to Matthew chapter 3. We'll start reading in a moment in verse 13. Why do you go and look at the real thing? Because if you can see the real thing, you can spot the counterfeit thing. Um, I was raised in in Webster County, Kentucky. Might have some Webster County people watching right now. And kind of raised messing with horses, team roping, and that kind of a thing. There was a guy around our county about the time when scanners came out. Uh, where you could scan something in and print it off, right? You could scan an image and print it off. That was like witchcraft back in the day. Now you can do that with your phone. But how how many of y'all remember some of the first technology like that you saw? You were blown away, right? Well, he bought these high-dollar scanners, and he found out pretty quickly that he could scan money into his scanner, right? (laughs) He could scan money into his scanner. And then he could print it out, and it kind of looked like money. And he figured out that he could get some paper... That felt a lot like the paper that your money's made out of. Before long, it was just too tempting for this guy to resist. So this guy literally started making money, and not the good old-fashioned way. He was scanning it and printing it. And he started by going off to some of the nightclubs around, 
Tri-State out there isn't heavily populated, so he'd drive to Illinois. He would drive down to Tennessee. He would go to these other places, and he'd pass that money off in a club at night. But what happens to everybody that gets caught in sin, how many know sin starts taking you further than you wanted it to take you, right? And he got used to doing it. He got comfortable doing it. You ever seen those guys who are like, why in the world did the guy do it like that? Well, he got comfortable. Sin took him further than he thought it would. And he goes to the grocery store in the small town that he lived in, less than a thousand people, right a block away from his house, and he tries to pass off counterfeit money, right? And he, he, he gives the money to the clerk. She takes the money. And right behind him in line is the president of the local bank. And so the president of the local bank gets the change back. And as soon as that money hit that bank president's hand, how many of y'all think he knew what real money and fake money felt like right then, right? He'd handled money his entire life. He knew it was a con. He knew it was, a, he knew it was counterfeit. And the guy ended up going to prison. But how did that guy catch it? He knew what the real thing looked like. A lot of guys struggle, like, how do, I, how do I become a good father? What's a good father look like? There's a million different definitions on the earth. How am I doing it right? I'm raising three kids right now. I want to do it right. I think the best thing we could do if we want to do it right is we look at the real thing. Can I get an amen? Our Father in heaven is the real thing. Come on, let's give the real father a hand clap this morning. The good, good father, he is the real thing. Amen? Let's, let's look at this interaction with his son, Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 reads like this it says then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him and John tried to prevent him saying I need to be baptized by you and are you coming to me but Jesus answered and said to him permit it to be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness then he allowed him when he had been baptized Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Father, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Anoint our eyes to see, ears to hear. Touch my lips to speak now your word in Jesus' mighty name. And the church said, Amen. So Jesus is, is coming to John the Baptist. John the Baptist's ministry has grown large at this time. Wild prophet of a man out in the wilderness declaring repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And at this point, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, their followers start going to John in the wilderness. And they begin to hate John for it, right? Because he's getting press and he's picking up followers and people are coming to him. They're listening to John and a crowd shows up in the wilderness to be baptized by this man. Jesus said of John, there was no prophet in the Old Testament that was greater than John. John was the greatest Old Testament prophet or, or before Jesus showed up, before new covenant was established, the greatest man that ever lived. Jesus comes to him. He's baptizing people in the water for remission of their sins. Jesus comes out into the water and asks John to baptize him. John's blown away. He knows who he is. John said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John saw Jesus and already knew by his spirit that he was Messiah. And he looks up at Jesus and he says, Listen, I, I'm, I, don't, need to, I don't need to baptize you. I have need to be baptized by you. How many of y'all believe we, we, we have need to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit? Come on. How many are thankful that you've been, you've been placed down in the name of Jesus, resurrected in new life? Can I get an amen? Old things are washed away, and that symbol's out there. We have need to be baptized by Him, right? John knew that, 
You are Messiah. Jesus said, yes, but, but I need to be baptized to fulfill all righteousness. If you're out there and you haven't been water baptized since you believed, come on, you need to be water baptized to fulfill all righteousness. If it was good enough for Jesus, it should be good enough for us. Amen? So get signed up, be water baptized. It'll be a powerful experience in your life. So then John takes Jesus, baptizes him in the Jordan River. I've been baptized in the Jordan. I've baptized a bunch of people in the Jordan River. And he goes down under the water. Jesus goes down under the water, and then he comes up. When he comes up, the heavens open up to Jesus. And the Spirit of God descends upon him like a dove. The Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus, anointing him for his ministry. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power to go about doing good, healing all those oppressed of the devil, for God is with him. And then God spoke from heaven over Jesus' life as his Father. Here's the, here's the first thing I want you to see that the Father was in the life of his Son. Now, I think it's one of the things that I'm trying to be in the life of my son and my daughter is I want to be present. How many of you see the Father showed up whenever Jesus was water baptized? Come on. I, I, a lot of people freak out. Guys freak out like, how do I be a good dad? How do I not mess this up? How do I get it all right? What, what, what do I have to do? And there's a pretty simple answer. I don't think you have to be a perfect dad. I know there's no perfect dads in the room. There's a bunch of messed up guys, but the grace of God is helping us. Come on, let's give God for his grace this morning. A hand clap for his grace this morning. He's helping us. Amen. But here's the deal. You don't have to be perfect, but you do have to be present. Come on, somebody say he was present. Let's say it again. He was present. He's there. The Father's there. Jesus is baptizing. The Father's there, and he's so strong you, you, you can hear his voice. He was present. One thing I'll say about my dad, my dad was not a perfect Christian man. Got born again about seven years before he died. He died of a heart attack at 61 years of age. Got born again right, right before then. Um, wasn't the perfect guy, uh, but a great dad, right? I mean, lived a little rowdy and did those kind of things. But as far as around my life, he was present. Whenever I played ball come Friday night when the lights were on, I knew my dad was up in those stands. Played golf with him, right? We played, we played golf, and he wasn't out there, like, quoting Bible verses to me. He hit a bad golf shot and cuts. He was, he was that kind of guy, but he was, he was there, right there by me. You don't have to be perfect, but I think if we're present, that's 99% of the battle. How many of y'all showing up so much of life is 99% of the battle? Now, I want to be present when it matters in my kid's life. Now, I live a, a, a kind of wild life, travel, a lot of crazy stuff. But whenever it matters and whenever things are happening, I want to go out of my way to be present for my sons and my daughters. Come on. We got a father that's always present. Come on. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He will be with you. He is for you. Come on. Let's give him the highest praise because he is present in our life. Amen. Our God is present. He is the ever-present, always here, Emmanuel, God with us. Your God does not leave you, nor does he forsake you. And I'm not saying you got to be there every minute of, of every day. I'm just saying you got to be there when it matters. Amen. And now that there are cameras everywhere, whenever, whenever your kids are young, take a lot of pictures of yourself around them in special days. And even if you weren't there, they'll think you were. Whenever they get a little bit older, right? You can run a scam on them like that. But being present, 
Now, I know there's people out there under the, under the sound of my voice and you got situations where you split your time with your kids. Just be as present as you can when you can. Can I get an amen out there? Work with what you got. Quit beating yourself up. Do the best you can with what you have and be present when you can. The first thing I see is that our God was present. Second thing I see about the good, good father is the good father invests in the son. Heavens open up. And he pours out his spirit right on Jesus. God the Father anoints God the Son with God the Spirit. There's an investment of the Spirit upon the Son on the earth. Pours out oil on him. Oil is a precious resource you read through the Bible. Holy Spirit of the dove, it's a symbol of, of the oil. Oil costs something. Oil was valuable. What you see is the Father's valuing the Son enough that He's anointing Him at this time. He's pouring out oil upon His Son. That's an investment. I think, I think to be the Father I'm called to be, I have to invest in my sons. I have to invest in my daughters. Come on, how many of y'all think we ought to invest in the kids that were up on this stage? They're, they're worth an investment, right? Invest in our youth. Invest in our, our college-age kids. Keep investing. Adult kids, you keep making an investment. Because whatever you, you really care about in life, you invest in. What you invest in, you begin to pay attention to, right? You, there may be a stock you've never looked at once in your life, but if you buy some of that stock, you invest in it. How many know first thing in the morning, whenever the boards start moving, you're going to start looking at that stock? You're going to look at it around, around, around the clock. You can get obsessed with it. Why? There's an investment in it. That's why we're called to invest in the kingdom of God. The Bible says that, that where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. doesn't say where my heart is, that's where my treasure will be. It says where my treasure is, that's where my heart will be. That's why giving's so big in, in the kingdom of God, the church, when you give, your heart follows your resources. And if you invest in sons and daughters and kids, come on, our heart's going to follow those resources, right? They're, they're, they're worth our investment. And right now... Uh, for those of us that have younger kids, we're living in a world that's doing everything it can to try to destroy the Christian ethos in our children, right? That they're doing everything they can. They're trying to tear apart all of the basis of the foundation of the faith and rewrite the Christian worldview, and they're doing it right before our eyes. How many of y'all have noticed that? It's just went insane, right? Blues Clues is insane. Uh, uh, curriculums at schools have gone insane. All of that, all of that is the world trying to invest their agenda into our children but come on at his church what we're going to do is we're going to invest god's agenda and the word of god not the world's view but the word's view into our children we're going to make an investment like that and we're going to see our kids rise up see the father invested in the son we're going to invest in our sons and our daughters can i get an amen out there it's an investment you make in their life and those investments they they bring forth a harvest and it's amazing that there are times Man, kids will wear you out. Can I get an amen out there? Huh? There's a time they'll wear you out. But you keep investing. You stay in the ring. Don't give up. You keep praying. You keep coming back. You keep sowing. And I'm telling you, we're going to reap a harvest of sons and daughters of righteousness in this church. And our kids aren't going to be like the world's kids. Our kids aren't going to be led around by every wave or wind or doctrine. Our kids aren't going to be weak. Our kids aren't going to be pushed around by the devil. Come on, we're going to raise strong kids because we're going to have strong fathers who stand up like men of God in our church. And they're going to know who they are, who their God is, what the Word says, what they're designed to do. 
the father's voice will be restored to the to the sons their hearts will be mended together and that's going to create power come on keep investing be the dad be the father amen i want to be the dad i want to be the father why because if i don't do it nobody else can right i i i don't have to be my kid's friend i like to be their friend now we know there's a time the friendship's over for a few minutes. Can I get an amen out there? We're, we're putting a pause on this friendship right now. Right now I'm taking off a little friend hat and I'm 100% dad. Amen? Because there's an order in the house you dads break. Right? There was an order in my house when I showed up and I knew. I knew there was a law in the house. Why? There was a man in the house. He had rules in the house. There were some things that could go, some things that didn't go. And if I got out of line... My father would tune me up and get me back in line. A little tune-up, right? Huh? So you went around there. He invested discipline. He invested love. He invested financial information. Taught us about business and that kind of thing. So make it, make it, an, make it an investment. So men, we're called to invest. We're called to be the strength of God in our house. And what you provide as a dad, as a male, to a child is, is you provide identity to the child. Mother provides nurture, provides care of that kind, and those roles aren't 100% set, but I'll tell you that you can get over into each different role a little bit, but the primary role you bring when you're a man is you bring identity into the household. And still, people, people think about it. They think about their identity. They, they want to know their origin, right? People will talk about where they're from, where their people are from. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, whatever, I'm Scott, I'm Irish, I'm German, I'm from Africa, I'm, I'm wherever. They want to know that origin, that identity. Where does it come from? It comes from the Father. Father, you don't know how important you are. Whenever you speak, you invest. I'm telling you, you're putting an identity into your kids that the world can't take away. They will know who they are, and they won't wander around through life. Come on, our kids are going to know who they are because we're going to invest in their life we're going to play the man. Can I get an amen out there? Play the man. Nothing wrong with that. Be the man. The next thing I see about the father is the father is affirming. Jesus is baptized in the water, comes up out of the water, and he tells the world who his son is. Says this, the, the voice comes from heaven, this is my beloved son. This is my, my boy. This is my beloved son. It's my, it's my kid, right? He doesn't just say he's my son, but he says he's my beloved son. If we'll be in a grocery store and my kids are acting weird up front or bad or something, I always get real loud and I say, does anybody know who, whose kids these are right here? I don't know whose kids these are. Are these your kids? Whose kids are these? And I'll play with them. I'll walk out like I don't know who they are, right? And they're like, Dad, we're, we're your kid, right? I'm just messing with them. But, but what the Father says to Jesus he points him out in front of the crowd. This is my son. This is my, this is my child. What, what's that mean? I, I value that kid. That's affirming, isn't it? It's massive. This is, this is my son. This is who I'm, I'm tethered to, who, I, who, I, who, I've, who I've fathered, has my image, bears my name. This is my son. Doesn't just say my son. Goes past that to affirm Jesus and everybody around. This is my beloved son. The son whom I love. Strong, isn't it? See, the father is, is loving. 
he, he's present, he's investing, he's affirming, he's loving. This is my beloved son. I'll tell you what we ought to tell our children all the time. Come on. We ought to tell them that we love them. We ought to wear them out saying, I love you. Can I get an amen out there? In the morning and night, I love you. I'm for you. You're my kid. I, I tell them all the time, you know why you're so smart? It's because you're my kid. That's why. That's how you got so smart. You know, you're, you're so good looking. It's because you're my kid. That's how you got so good looking, right? Right? I'm letting them know they're my kid. And, and then I, I'm trying to affirm them. And um, you got to encourage there's a time to rebuke. But you got to encourage a whole lot more than you rebuke or people turn off your voice, right? Sons, daughters, people, whoever it is. So the father affirms, this is my beloved son. You know, there's a lot of people just waiting to hear something from a father figure in life. They, 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 they didn't get that enough. It leaves kind of a hole at, at points in their soul. Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, I will not leave you fatherless. He's getting ready to go to heaven. He tells his disciples, I will not leave you fatherless. He said, I will not leave you orphans. In some of the trans translations, he says, but I will come to you. And he's talking about the Spirit of God. I will not leave you fatherless. I will not leave you orphans. I will, I will come to you. Spirit of God's going to be poured out. He's going to go, but the Spirit of God's going to be poured out on the church. I will, I will, I will come to you. A lot of people, they got this orphan's heart, fatherless thing on them and in them. And it makes them look for an answer here, there, looking for identity, trying to figure out who they are, never really knowing. But I'm telling you, if you understand who your God is, you might have an earthly father that didn't do the stuff or didn't have a father at all, but I'm telling you, there is a perfect father in heaven. He will not leave you orphans. He will not leave you fatherless. He will come to you. He will restore you. He'll give you identity. He is that kind of God. He'll look at you and say, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. It's what our God says over you right now. And he goes on and says, in whom I am well pleased. The father says that. He's edifying the son. Think about this. The father says to Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is before Jesus ever works a miracle. This is before Jesus ever turns the water into wine. This is before Jesus walks on the water. This is before Jesus feeds the thousand with the miracle of multiplication. This is before Jesus opens the blind eyes, pops open the deaf ears, causes the paralytic to, to walk. Before Jesus does anything, the Father looks at the Son and says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Come on, the Father loves you and is pleased in, in you, not because of your performance, but because He loves you and He created you and He has that kind of identity with you. It's not a performance-based God. He's a grace and favor-based God. Come on, how many are you thankful that we don't have to perform to make our Father love us? He loves us because He loves us. There's something about translating that sets up a kid for success in life. I love you. I'm for you. I believe in you. I'm pleased in you. Now, I will say this about my dad. My dad was not a real, uh, I don't know, wordy kind of guy. Uh, wasn't like we're running around hugging each other. Everybody in my household were like cowboys, right? It was all, no daughters in the house, all boys. The way you hug each other when you got all brothers, when you walk in the house, somebody punches you. Anybody from a house like that, right? Uh, like, like, lived in that house I didn't know Jessie was from a house with all girls. Her TV did things I didn't know existed on TV. They had things like Lifetime and Hallmark and 
terrible things on the TV, God help us all, right? I'm like, what are y'all watching? And her dad was so broke by him, he just sat there and watched Lifetime all night. And I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, I've quit smoking, but I'm going outside to smoke just to get out of here somehow, you know? Getting out of here. It was, it was unbelievable. But um, so my dad, it wasn't like all the time he's looking at me, telling me he loves me and he's proud of me. Real quiet, reserved kind of guy. To be honest, I don't remember hugging my dad from the time I was about, even though he's around, I knew he loved me. He was for me. I, I knew that. But I don't remember hugging my dad from when I was about five or six years old to when I got born again and filled with the Spirit at about 21 years of age. And I came out here, and I was from a culture where guys didn't hug a lot. And I came here to Texas, and all of you started hugging me and stuff like that. And I'm like, my God, what is, keep these people off of me. What's happening in church? People hug me. Some would kiss me on the face. It was just, it was crazy to me, right? And, uh, but something about that broke something in me. And I got in my mind, it's like, I need to hug my dad. Me and Jesse were already married. I, I went home, and I was at my, at my dad's house, and it was time to leave. And I'm like, I had to talk myself up to do it. It's like, it's like, y'all remember that show with Anthony Hopkins where he's going to try to kill a bear? And he's psyching himself up, I'm going to kill the bear, I'm going to kill the bear, I'm going to kill the bear. I'm like, I'm going to hug my dad. I'm going to hug my dad. I'm going to hug my dad. We got ready to, to go, and I walked over, we shook hands, and then I came at him to hug, and he's kind of looking at me, and we're kind of going back and forward, and we got in there, and, and we hugged, and it was the most awkward, weird, cold, white man hug you could ever have in your life, but we hugged, and something supernatural happened, right? Things started changing. Come on, yeah, you give God a hand clap for an awkward hug, right? An awkward hug can be the start of something pretty big. And um, I just want to encourage you. You don't know what you mean to your sons and to your daughters, Dad. Just don't know what you mean. There's nobody else like you on the earth. You know, I went down uh, on a golf trip with my father. I'll close with this. Went down on a golf trip with him. I'd started the church in Owensboro, the Owensboro campus. We've been going, I don't know, maybe a couple years, two or three, and it was, it was doing well. And um, I was out playing golf with my dad. He, he loved to play. We played. We loved to beat each other. And we're there. I remember where we're standing. We're, we're in Florida. Mom and Jesse are there. Jesse was pregnant with, with my, my oldest daughter. This was 15 and a half years ago. And dad looks over at me. He's getting ready to hit a golf ball. And he, he stops, kind of looks up. And he says, I want you to know, son, I'm proud of you. And I'm proud of what you're doing with your life I don't think he'd said anything like that to me he was there he was he was nice he just didn't know what to say his dad didn't know what to say right old cowboy raised in the depression in absolute poverty his life was about survival his dad never knew what to say to him my dad didn't know what to say and he looked up at me he was doing what he knew and he said I want you to know that I'm proud of you now, I'm proud of the, of the church you, you're building, what you're doing with your life. And it was shocking to me. I turned around, I looked at him. I thought, who are you and what have you done with my father? What's up with you, right? But it was like liquid love poured over me. We went back that day. He won that day, won that match. I won the match the day before. He won that match. And um, we went out, ate a meal fit for a king, Went back to the condo, 
And in the middle of the night, I heard my mom cry, and my dad died in front of me. Massive heart attack that night. But before he died, you know what he said to me? This is my son, in whom I'm well pleased. I'll never forget it all the days of my life. So what do I say to the guys that are alive in the room right now? Come on, you might not have been the perfect father. Let yourself off the hook. You go tell those kids wherever they are and what they're doing, you're my son, you're my daughter, my beloved son, my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. And come on, let them know that you believe in them regardless of their track record. Can I get an amen? That father's love might lift them out of whatever they're involved in right now. Put them on a path to succeed in life. Let them know you're proud of them. I got a song I used to sing to my kids all the time at night. They won't let me do it anymore, but I sing like an angel. I don't know what the deal is. Come on, I got pipes. <laughs> sing it. And uh, I remember I'd hold them back when I still could, you know, still hold the littlest one. That's the only one. Let me hold them now. Justice, he weighs 100 pounds. I can't hold him anyway, but um, I'd grab him, pick him up. And I'd sing, I'd sing this song. I've sung it around the country preaching. And uh, just because I want people to know how powerful your voice is. Here's the song. It goes like this. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Briley, I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Justice. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of you when you are sleeping. I'm proud of you when you're awake. No matter what happens, keep trying. Because learning makes lots of mistakes. I think if the Father could sing a song over you today, I think he'd tell you he's proud of you. Amen? That he's for you. That he loves you. Come on, that you are his beloved child. Come on, in, in you, he's well pleased. Would you stand up on your feet with me at every campus? How many are thankful that we have a good, good, good father? Amen. Come on, let's give the good, good, good father one more hand clap at every campus. You have a good, good, good father. Now I want to pray a revelation of the father's love into your life right now. If you're comfortable with it, just lift a hand to heaven right where you are. I want to pray over you. Father, right now, I thank you for the people under the sound of my voice at every campus. I pray a blessing over them, a revelation of the Father's love. I thank you that you're a God that invests. You're a God that's present. You're a God that edifies. You're a God that speaks love into our life. Now, I pray that all of us and fathers, that we would do the same thing. Show us what to do. Show us what to say. Help us have the tongue of the learned. Father, let us be present like you were present. Help us mend Man, issues we got in life with family. Help us, oh Lord. Make us better. Now speak over every man that you're made in the image of God right now. You're designed, created to be an image of the Father on the earth. And I prayed for bold men, strong men, and loving men to rise up in our church. In Jesus' mighty name. And the church said, amen. Come on, let's give God one more hand.